0: Hello, and welcome to Morgan Latif Presents, Coaching You Through This Crisis. I'm Sam Latif, co-founder and director of Morgan Latif, and your host. And as always with this podcast, we're looking to give you lessons and insights from our coaching network to our professional network and beyond on not only how to cope or or how to manage, but really to thrive from uh, this time of crisis. And uh, this week, my guest is Katie Lancaster. Uh, Katie brings over 20 years of corporate board level experience. She's led strategy development for globally acclaimed creative agencies in that time for some of the world's most famous brands. Um, From that, she used that as a springboard to become an internationally certified and accredited executive coach, where she works with high achievers to not only be uh, more efficient leaders, but also how to be happier human beings. Um, in this time, she's also advising startups um, who appreciate that value and blend that she brings around branding, business, and, and coaching expertise. And uh, this week, she's talking to us about uh, self-leadership, and she gives us a really a good uh, framework and, a, and an acronym to remember on how we can all be practicing it and, and you better utilizing this in a time where we all have a lot more time with our thoughts and a lot more time for reflection. So hopefully you find it insightful, and uh, why don't we jump into the conversation? Good morning, Katie, thanks for being with us.
1: My absolute pleasure I have nice to be here, Sam.:
0: Again, my habit is always just to go and talk about the origin story of the coach, because um, many of these coaches, again, have these high-flying careers, and they decided to sort of, uh, instead of continue and pursue that path to focus themselves on helping others, both professionally and personally. So what was it for you that really kind of lit that fire and made you want to really focus yourselves on, on purely just uh, coaching?
1: Well, I think the interesting part of what you've just said, Sam, is that, yes, you're right. I did have a long, like 20 plus um, career in in the corporate world, and I didn't actually decide to become a coach. It sort of happened. So after I left the corporate world to set up my own consultancy, I was busy working with founders of startups in the main, helping them look at their value, their vision, their purpose for their companies. And of course, that involved talking with a lot of um, the founders themselves. And it was just really interesting then I started noticing that actually it was the focus on the people and their translation of their purpose, their values into their business, which was really lighting my fire, as, as you said. And so I sort of had a bit of a light bulb moment and I thought, what if I take this focus on the business and put a bit more the spotlight more on the people. So obviously, still keeping the business side to it, which I you know that comes up a lot I'm very commercial. The way I uh, coach, and also I still do coach um, startups as well on their business challenges. But really, um, my primary passion is uh, is people.
0: And today, we're talking about a subject that I know you're you're obviously really passionate about um, the topic of self leadership, which I think um, I think now more and more people are. Uh, articulating it in that way I think it's always been present in in, in some respects or another but um, for the people that may not be as um, uh, aware of it I mean what do you mean by self-leadership?
1: I think you make a really good point that people might not be aware of it when I was uh, in my corporate world and in fact it, you know that probably was looking back one of the things that that has driven me to to becoming a coach but for me self-leadership is taking responsibility for my world and taking responsibility for my world that means two things primarily that means self-authority so really taking responsibility having strong awareness of how I show up and the impact I'm making as a leader and on the environment and team around me and secondly having the self-acceptance to really know myself, warts and all. So, you know, this isn't about being a perfect machine that achieves everything. It's about really being a compassionate leader, which I think in this time, and COVID-19 is showing it even more, you know, we have to be in touch with ourselves. We have to really know ourselves. And I think it's really at the point of self-leadership, that we can start to grow and inspire and really lead others.
0: And I think I remember this quote that, you know, you, you can't lead others until you understand how to lead yourself. Um, and with that, um, I mean, again, that kind of accentuates your point, but again, all this period of introspection that everybody has will, as you said, really um, give... Um, yeah, give somebody uh, or anybody in a position of, of leadership or not, or who's about to go in one, a good, a good way to think about um, steps to really practice that. And, and you've come up with an acronym or a mnemonic uh, method so that we can remember this. So why don't you talk to us a little bit about that method you've come up with and what you want to uh, outline uh, today with, uh, with that?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. So um, I like to keep things simple, and for my my days back in my my branding environment, you know, those are the things that stay in people's minds. And absolutely picking up on your point, Sam, that, you know, we are in different circumstances now, and not for everybody, but we have often got a bit more time to um, take a look at ourselves. And whatever happens, as you said, we're going into a new normal. So there is an absolute golden opportunity for us here to almost reset ourselves and embark on a path that we choose rather than a path that's chosen for us. So bold, very easy, is B for being human being as opposed to a human doing, and I'll go on to talk about that in a minute. O is for obstacles, so really identifying those saboteurs, those limiting self-beliefs that we all have, no matter how successful we are, they hold us back. L is for Love, and I realise that sounds a little bit out of context in uh, in this environment, but actually, I'm really serious about it. I think self-love um, is an absolutely crucial uh, element for leaders of today, because often when you're so driven on achieving success, you forget yourself and you lose the compassionate side that is so important for leadership today. And D is uh, daring to dream. So whilst we've got this hiatus, this upset in our routine, it's a really great point to really great opportunity to sit back and actually do a little bit more um, medium long-term planning you know we're not just stuck firefighting the day-to-day we've got a real opportunity to look at where we want to get to in our careers in our personal lives and just overall
0: You start off with be there as as for being. So um, you gave us a a good little motto there in that we're not human doings, we're human beings. So uh, elaborate a little bit on that. How does that actually make us become better in self-leadership?
1: I think it's really easy to confuse activity with productivity. And particularly in times of crisis, like we're in now, the temptation is to increase the levels of activity, accelerate that, which means doing more, which means doing more, which means doing more. But at the same time, you're actually undermining the results you get from that. So it's really a great time to actually make a conscious effort to almost hold back on the doing and really take a considered approach to how you want to be at this time and going forward as a leader. And the thing that I really recommend, and I do a lot of work with my clients on this, is understanding, recognising, and aligning their leadership with their values. And when I talk about values, sorry, I just noticed you're going to say it. When I talk about values, what I mean by that is your way of being and believing in the world. So that is how you show up as a leader, as a human being, as a parent, as a partner. They are the things that are fundamental to your impact in the world. And it's very useful and helpful that when you know what your values are, then you can make sure that you're making your choices in alignment with those values. You're honoring them. And when you're honoring them, you are feeling much more comfortable in your own skin. You're more authentic. You're more connected to yourself. And as a result, your connection with others is improved as well.
0: And, and interesting, I know that's, that's, um, that's something that's been discussed a lot, I think, both in, in professional circles and personal sec- circles for people to achieve what they want to achieve. I mean, I'm a big fan of Ray Dalio, who uh, famously wrote his book on principles and principles values can be, uh, you know, also thought as the same things. But sometimes it can be hard to, to have absolute clarity on those values and and some may not be as apparent as others and when that is the case what do you suggest for people to to gain that clarity to 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 understand things are so fundamental to them?
1: You're absolutely right you know most most people have an intuitive understanding of what their values may be but actually being able to identify them is a different matter you know that state from moving about something to actually being and uh, embodying it so one simple thing, and uh, I've got this um, chart to represent it here. You can take um, sections of your life. So, if you want to focus on your professional life, how am I going to be honoring my values at work? You can choose aspects of your work life that are important to you. For example, teamwork, delegation skills, um, receiving and giving feedback, um, leadership. So, you can choose different aspects of it, and then Give yourself, be, be, be honest, give yourself a, a mark out of 10 at how well you think you are performing, showing up in those areas, each of those areas. So if you give yourself, I'll give an example, let's say, um, teamwork. Let's say teamwork. So what would I give myself for teamwork at the moment? Hmm, actually, you know, times have changed, it's not so great. I'm going to give myself a three out of 10. Okay, so what's missing? Why are you giving yourself a three? What is it that's missing there? It's the connection with my team members. Ah, connection, probably important for you. And you can go on, start asking yourself different questions or just two simple questions. What matters to me about teamwork? What's important and what's missing when I don't have great experience of teamwork? And from those answers, and you can go through that in a step-by-step Um, manner you can come to some very clear conclusions and you'll see some consistency with your answers so it's it's a really an art it's not a science that you can start to see clusters and it's a great start point there to start thinking hmm that value uh, is is probably important to me I think that self-leadership is all about being honest with yourself I really do because what's the point who are we trying to kid? And I think more and more we're seeing leaders in the workplace that are absolutely happy to show themselves as they are, you know, with their imperfections. And that's often a route to connection and a route to connection is a way of getting people to believe in you, to want to work with you, to be motivated by you. So, uh, yeah, I'm all for self-honesty.
0: So the next one is, oh, you mentioned is, is for obstacles. Yeah, um, again, just given the tough conversations everybody's going to be having on, with themselves when it comes to this yeah. reflection that you're advising. Um, you know, what is your take on obstacles in, in this context then? Yeah.
1: Again, I think it's a great opportunity to do some ruthless self-examination and think of some, some scenarios in your life that have not gone to plan or how you'd have wished them. Be honest, where have you held yourself back? What has got in the way? What have you not dared to do or say or be? And really think, What are there any common themes there? Is there anything there that I'm recognising? Is there anything that's sort of very critical? Is there some element of somebody else I've known in my life who's been an important authority figure and maybe has got some remnants? I mean, this is really about learning to move from your reactions, which is where your survival brain is, when you're a child, which has kept you safe and choosing to take the responsibility to respond and actually move away from those obstacles towards a more worthwhile path for you.
0: Right. And you you talk about um, being able to think about those obstacles and and really how to um, find ways to obviously overcome them. But I think the biggest difficulty with that is always consistency, right? Because consistency... Because I think eventually the difference with those that achieve the, the kind of the levels of success that they want or the, those that don't. Right. Because maybe they fall into the same pattern. So um, changing behavior is obviously a difficult thing. We know that. Um, but what? how do you recommend uh, anybody to be more consistent in avoiding self-sabotage and in implementing the actions to avoid those those um, those obstacles?
1: It's a great point. Um Often the people I work with are high achievers, as we said, and it's very likely that achiever will show up as your strength, as your superpower. It'll show up as one of your values, as a way of behaving and being, and it's going to show up as one of those sabotaging voices, as a hyper achiever, you know, not knowing when to stop, just keep going, always looking for the next thing. So really the question here is one of finding balance, and that is something that, So many people come to me saying, how am I going to get this work-life balance right? You know, I just don't seem to be able to do it. And a simple little device that uh, I recommend is ABC. So A, awareness. You know that it's happening. You spot it. Okay, I can feel myself. I can feel that burning the midnight oil again. I've been five nights in a row at my laptop now. I'm feeling a bit frazzled b take a deep breath which is detaching from the situation so you're moving away from that reaction into the opportunity to make a conscious choice and c choosing okay what do i want to do what do i want to honor here ah i want to honor going to see my partner or leaving my laptop and actually focusing on another area of my life so a b c a very simple little tool that you can apply to everything and it's just a great means of distancing yourself from the situation once you've noticed that you're in it and choosing a more productive path
0: moving on to the next one you you already alluded that l is for love and some people might already have some preconceptions of it being maybe a not in the right context of this, but you actually feel very strongly of how this could really um, have the most impact potentially on self-leadership. And so tell us a little bit about that.
1: Absolutely. Um, it's, it, again, it comes back to how can we be a leader of others when we're not a leader of ourselves? And being a leader of ourselves really means um, the self-acceptance to embrace ourselves and acknowledge ourselves and know who we are and honor who we are, and love who we are. And it's, you know, it's very interesting again with the high achievers I work with, you know, you see the patterns of really driving themselves of really high expectations of criticism. And yet they would never um, talk to their friends about that, but they're very happy to exert those sort of behaviors on themselves. So I think self-love is one of the most important attributes for a 21st century leader. And I think we're seeing more and more of that as we get more um, female leaders uh, into the workplace and on the boards. I think we're seeing that there's a shift towards you know, compassionate leadership, uh, which comes from a place of self-leadership and self-love is really a very uh, worthwhile way to be.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And look, I mean, I said, we're, we're a leadership search firm. So we work with a number of different leaders. Um, mm. And you're right that there's a, a growing, there's a sea change in, in that. Uh, leaders are now able to be uh, a, a more vulnerable. And, and again, we spoke a little bit about on a previous podcast on, on how important empathy is. And there's been obviously uh, different talks on that. But you said it yourself that for some high performing leaders, they show little compassion for themselves. And, and again, I've certainly encountered leaders where perhaps maybe that is the that is the thing that enables them to be high achievers in the first place. So um, what would you say to people that maybe think that's kind of their edge or their ability to really outperform others and by being being kind of their harshest critic?
1: I'd say, yes, you're absolutely right. And how is that serving you? And what is it costing you? So, you know, they'll have the answer for how it's serving because it's got them to their position. And what is it costing? And when you ask that question, it's very interesting what comes, you know, then you hear what actually, what personal costs, what personal sacrifices that have, that drive has uh, caught, caused them when they have moved out of their sense of balance and then just into a sort of doing, doing, achieving, what's next focus. So they've lost their sense of self. They've certainly lost their sense of self-love. And yeah, it's not helping them either as individuals, definitely not as leaders.
0: And finally, we move on to D is for Daring to Dream, where you also say, is particularly relevant in, in, in uh, the situation we're, we're all in. Um, so tell us a little bit why about Daring to Dream and why more than um, at any time uh, in recent history is it more important uh, uh, for,
1: for you? Oh. I don't know about you, but I've had the weirdest dreams recently. And apparently, um, researchers have said that this is absolutely to be expected because it's withdrawal from the world that we know. And that's caused reawakening of our subconscious. So what better opportunity is there to really take advantage of that and utilize our creativity that we all have within us and moment of reflection take stock and actually think, you know, what are our dreams? What are our dreams? Professional dreams, personal dreams. I don't tend to make a differentiation. I coach as the whole person. But you know, what where do you want to be? You can do an, an exercise for that, for example, as an 80-year-old person, write back to your best friend and reflect on the intervening years between now where we are 2020 and whatever year you're going to be 80 in what what's what's happened since then what steps are you taking now because you dared to dream them at that point that have caused you to have that happy and fulfilling life as an 80 year old you're happy to look back on
0: so with what you've concluded there i mean obviously we're we're talking about um, self-reflection and being able to analyze and do the self-audit on oneself I'll leave you with the last word in terms of what do you recommend to those that still might be skeptical when they think about doing a self audit on themselves and what is the value that ultimately do you think that they'll, that will bring to them both professionally and personally?
1: Well, first of all, I'd be curious, get them to ask themselves where their skepticism comes from, because there's probably an obstacle hiding there that's stopping them from achieving the self-development that they could benefit them. So that will be the first thing because, know what have you got to lose if you've got an opportunity this is a moment in history as you were saying at the beginning Sam you know it's not going to come again let's hope and it's certainly not going to be in the same way if it does so what better opportunity to really just be bold be bold about our plans our dreams what we what we um, are good at and the opportunities that we want to open up for ourselves in the years ahead and there's been a lot of research on the power of self-reflection and how it actually translates into action as leaders in the workplace. I think there's an article in Harper Business Review um, that I was reading, which, which talks just about that point. So it really is not something that is just a great idea. It's something that has proven to get results. And if you're really serious about being an effective leader, I highly recommend it.
0: Yeah. And finally, I mean, it doesn't, as you said, it doesn't always have to be a a period of self-reflection it could also be something that you enlist friends or family or a coach or anything like that to sort of help get the best out of you in these times I assume
1: absolutely why not use it as an opportunity for connection and asking for help another great leadership skill that's very underutilized again you know it's very easy to slip into the mindset of I'm an achiever I must do it all alone and actually using those Enlisting the help of others around you has been proven to really um, give results on a new perspective. And often, as we know, two heads are better than one. Yeah.
0: Right. Well, Katie, thank you so much. Uh, let's hope um, everyone becomes a little bit bolder. Uh, we certainly need it now more than ever. Uh, really insightful, and, and again, hopefully, people uh, will go away with um, with those lessons and um, you know appreciate your time.
1: Thank you. And I just want to say, keep it simple, guys. Do not overburden yourselves with this. You know, B-O-L-D. You can really, you can do it in a minute if you need to.
0: Yeah, it's really simple to, to, to sort of remember. And I said, uh, hopefully we'll all be putting that into practice over the next coming months or year or wherever it takes. But uh, I said, um, hopefully. <laughs> uh,
1: <that> <laughs>
0: yeah, but again, lessons that we'll, we're going to be taking forward. And again, thanks so much um, for, for being on the show, uh, Katie.
1: My pleasure, Sam. Thank you.